0: Welcome to Dollar Bill Bootcamp, the channel that's dedicated to making your money work smarter and not harder. Hello, Dollar Bill Boot Campers, and thank you for chiming into this episode. This is episode one. This episode is going to be all about prevention and ways you can get some help and a personal story from an old friend of mine who's going to call in here for a second and give you some information. If you're new to the channel and listening to this... Please feel free to drop a comment on our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter account at Dollar Bill Bootcamp. Is what you're searching for, and I'd love to hear some comments. Or if you'd like to call in, please let me know by a direct message, and I'd love to have you call in and tell me a success story or maybe a financial problem you have and want to get resolved. And now, stay tuned for our first guest, Stephen. So we have Stephen from Brownsville, New Jersey here. Welcome, Stephen. Exactly. Yeah, so um tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're from, why you joined the military and uh, how long you served and what branch.
1: Well, I'm originally from Sicklerville, New Jersey. Uh you may you may have heard of it. Um and uh uh after trying some things out with college and and uh other things outside of college when that didn't go over too smoothly, um I decided uh to uh to join the military. I just finished up with um with a music project that I was doing at the time, and um, it went under pretty, pretty heavily. Um, we, uh, we we went on tour for uh, about 12 shows across the United States, I came home, and the record label was a pickup company. So when we went into the office, their name was Ghetto Electro, there was nobody there. And uh, the offices, the cubicles, everything was empty. They were gone. So went back to Jersey, didn't know what I was gonna do, had no real uh real options. So uh, I walked in uh the next day to the recruitment office and I signed up uh for a six year term.
0: So you say you signed up for uh, stability then? You saw it as a stable way of making it? Oh yeah, impact? well it
1: was it was stability and I kinda just always knew like I was uh I remember my first job that I ever had was when we originally uh, made the push into Iraq, which was 2003, which is when it was all broadcasted over uh, over the news, um, and seeing that and feeling kind of like I wanted to do something. Um, that was that was the initial thing, and it's always kind of just been there in the back of my mind. Uh, plus, there were things that I used to rationalize it, like uh, you know, I wanted to go outside of the outside of New Jersey never like outside when i when I went on tour and stuff it was the only time that I had ever really been um doing anything that was outside of like my own little universe that uh that I knew so
0: okay uh um, what what bases did you go to
1: well I went to uh to uh basic training um after after Kentucky I went to Fort sill Louisiana for fire support training um and then after that I went to benning uh and I was in Benning for uh, two different schools. I went there for Airborne School, and then I went through the uh, – uh, well, it's now called RASP, but it was RIP at the time. Um, so I went through RIP, and uh, I didn't make it through RIP, and I could have stayed and decided to, you know, do it, give it another shot. Um, but uh, if you don't know, that's for it's, – it's basically the Ranger Battalion. Um, you have to complete the uh, initial taskings that they give you it's like a, like a selection process. And then after that, if you make it, um, then, then you have the option to later go to ranger school to become, um, actually ranger tab. Uh, but I didn't make it through the first one. I got hurt, uh, during one of the, one of the rough marches we were doing and I was peered out. So I could have waited, but I'd already, I, all I had known for the last, uh, you know, year and a half. Was training, so <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to do something. I was tired of sitting in garrison and, and, and it just wasn't a good feeling. So uh, I told him that I, I just wanted to, to wash out of that and, and go to wherever my duty station was. And I ended up being sent to uh, the center of the universe, uh, 82nd Airborne Division, 2nd 325 in Fort Bragg. Um, oh
0: yeah, I know a little bit about that. I'm, I'm Air Force here <laughs> at Fort Bragg and. I know a little yeah. bit about the 82nd, so what, would you do in the 82nd?
1: I was a paratrooper. I was a fire support specialist paratrooper. Um, in Garrison, we pretty much do the whole show. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Uh, you, you just train every single day, get up, go in, do PT, 5.30 in the morning. After that, you sit in the Garrison area until, uh, you know, the, the NCOs come in and basically what the tasking is for the day but you spend a primary portion of your time doing uh you know parades and 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 cleaning up the ao and these are things that you do pretty much on rotation while also training up to be uh you know a fire support uh specialist um and then and we did a lot of the we went to uh we went to a couple of the uh readiness training camps and stuff like that so all all the infantry stuff that you do. When you're attached to an infantry unit, you also do it as well. It wasn't there's no there's not a whole big defining line between infantry and the attachment units. You guys pretty much are are the same thing. Um so you do everything that they do, you jump out of airplanes a couple times a year. Uh quite a few times, um, if you're me. And then uh and then we deployed uh we deployed to uh to haiti in 2011 and uh iraq in 2012 2013 all right and
0: how how many years did you stay in just six
1: yeah i did my i did my uh full term and then uh and then afterwards um when i was done i was done so that was it i wanted to be done so i was done (laughs) <laughs> all,
0: right, all right. Well, thank you for your service, Steven. Uh, I got a I got a few few questions for you here. Uh sure. I guess I'll I'll start with uh why why did you decide to get on track right now in your life financially like talking the dollar bill boot camp and getting yourself on track. What what made you to change your mind?
1: Well, there's a a few things. I think what you're doing is a, is a great idea. I think that there is not you know, some people would argue this, but being somebody who actually went through the whole system, I would say straight up that there there is not a whole lot of uh, information and you, soldiers have questions. And the thing is, is that they're getting answers from soldiers who also don't really know the answers. Um, you know, and there are, of course, places you can go, but if you don't even really have a good understanding of where to start, you're just kind of setting yourself up in this echo chamber where you have a financial question, you're asking somebody who really doesn't know, but it's his job to know. So they give you an answer that may not be the best because that's just, they're just misinformed. Everybody's misinformed. And, you know, you always hear at the safety briefings like, Oh, stay away from the mall. Stay away from, you know, the the vendors that are going to put you on a, uh, a a 26% APR, uh, taxation for a for a television set that you want for your barracks room and you end up paying, like, $5,000 over the course of seven years. Um, stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I, I would like there to be a very simplistic way for somebody who is 18 years old just joined the military. You know, even make it part of basic training, like, extensively. Like, get it into the soldier's possession. Make sure that they're aware that they know that these resources are available because I went through a year and a half of training and I, I had no idea what my money was doing that entire time. I just assumed that it was just, you know, cause they give you the pay card, You don't physically have to go to a bank. You know, you're an 18 year old kid. You probably have no idea what investing is. Uh, you probably have no idea what a TSP is. I didn't. So Oh, I was two years in, and I had no idea what a TSP is, but I knew soldiers that would talk about it, and some soldiers oh. would, you know, would talk about it like it was a good thing, and then I, it was always uh, soldiers that had been in for a few years. These aren't, like, your peers. These aren't soldiers that you, you talk to on a regular basis, and it was kind of an air of, like, you know, intimidation because you didn't really want to ask... You know, you're you didn't want to ask just a random NCO who knows about it. You know what I mean? Because most most times you would just end up doing pushups for trying to talk to an NCO. So <laughs> there's well, like that, that's
0: definitely very different than the Air Force, but oh yeah,
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's uh that no, that's that's how it, I mean. You there are NCOs you can talk to. It's not. Like, I'm not trying to put it out there that you can't approach them. I'm just saying in my specific circumstance, the mental process for me was there was one NCO. Uh, his name is Staff Sergeant Harvey. And he was a very aggressive NCO. Let's put it like that. He wasn't physical or anything. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing anything like that, but he was a very intimidating character. And anytime anybody below his rank would go to talk to him, he would give you like this very condescending sort of set of answers for everything that you asked him. And, uh, you know, that's not a good attitude to have when you have young, young minds that are still developing you know 18 19 20 your your brain's not fully developed until you're 24 years old you know like that intimidation factor and the fact that you just came out of uh, a year a year and a half of training where that intimidation factor has been all you've known so i i think there's a uh it's a confusing thing for a brand new soldier because you don't want to be the guy who's asking the stupid question and the guy that asked the stupid question is the one doing pushups for three hours?
0: So. I believe the guy asking the stupid question is probably asking it, but everybody else probably has the same question.
1: Yeah, they do. Everybody does. Nobody. No. That's what I'm saying. Like there's no, there's no peer conversations. You go into the barracks. I mean, come on. What are these guys talking about? They're talking about girls. They're talking about going out and and going on. You know, leave. They're they're not talking about. You know, what does my financial stability look like in five years? What, what is, what are, what are these CDs and, uh, what's, what's an IRA and what's, uh, you know, what, what am I actually paying Uncle Sam at the, you know, at the end of every year? Is my, is my W-2 information actually accurate and correct and have I updated it at all? Uh, I'm thinking about getting married. You know, that's one big thing that a lot of young soldiers do, um, regardless if it's a mistake or not. It's something that I did. Um, and you're not thinking about okay, how do we do a joint income thing? What's her net worth? What's my net worth? What's this BAH stuff? How does it work if I live off post? How does it work if I live on post? What are the resources available to me for that? It's there are so many things that we are desensitized to just from ignorance that you walk past somebody that, you know that may have the answer and you would never know it. You know why? because they don't put the information in a spot that is noticeable or recognizable. And there's the financial office. Um, But again, it's very difficult to do that because these offices and stuff, they're open from nine to five, but you're supposed to be on the clock from nine to five. So it's, it's, it it becomes a hassle. It's almost like the system is its own problem. Um, Just because you end up doing circles, trying to figure out how to, how to find out the information. You don't even know if you're going to the right place. So, and there's nobody really telling you the right place. And that's a problem.
0: Oh yeah. I know. Um, at least on the air force side, we have a first term airman center and what they do is they'll, they'll briefly go over financial stuff for like a day. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think the air force should drill it into your head and probably the rest of the branches too from day one and make it a little bit more of a, uh, showing you charts and personalize it with you so that you see what's going on, talking about the T S P and right. house buying and everything. I, I think just a one day thing just isn't isn't enough.
1: No, it's not. And it, I mean, it, like you guys got the one day thing. We didn't even get that. You know what we got? Hey guys, I'm gonna talk to you about this T S P. real quick at this safety briefing before you guys go off on a three day vacation and completely blow out your brains with uh, with alcohol and You know, everything else that you're possibly thinking about at that moment is not, oh, my God, this sergeant is giving me pertinent information. It's, oh, my God, I've been here at work the entire week. I am dog tired, and I'm getting a three-day pass to go and do whatever I want to do. My money is already spent. I am not listening to this guy whatsoever. And I just can't wait for him to shut up so I can run to my car and get out of here and go to Raleigh-Durham for the next, you know? Forty-eight, seventy-two 48, 72 hours, um, you know, or wherever, like you do. But uh, that's, like, that's what I mean. Like, there's a, there's a problem at the core level with information dissemination, with the delivery and the structure in which they present it to the soldiers that are very new and don't have any life experience with stuff like this. That's a problem. It's a big problem.
0: We would say base we would agree that they need to have some sort of more structure involved in this, at least in your first year when you're like eighteen.
1: absolutely. That is the best time to do it. It's the only time to do it. i mean if you you should always make resources available after that, but there needs to be an honest to God they're not learning this stuff in school. you know what i mean i I think I was one of the few people in high school. I believe you were there too, if I'm not mistaken. It was accounting class, and that was like what? That was, that was like my uh, sophomore, junior year of high school. And that was the only time that I had any type of knowledge of stuff like that was from back in the days of the high school. And that was it. And then, you know, you go off and you make mistakes your entire life and you put yourself in debt and then you end up in the military like I did. And, and then you, uh, oh, you,
0: you... You don't have to be in debt to join no, the military. No, I know. That. <laughs> it happened.
1: It did. It happened to me. I mean, that was one of the big... One of the big reasons why it happened.
0: So so then that would bring us to our our next question, like uh, what's the worst investing or money mistake you've made in your life? And I'll I'll share mine after.
1: Sure. Um, The biggest mistake – well, I've made so many. (laughs) Uh, The worst mistake that I made when I was in the service was I was at Fort Sill. And it was for AIT. I was learning how to be a fire support specialist. And, uh, at AIT, it was the first time that you got the taste. And this is really important, um, to note that, and this is where I think the crux of everything is, uh, the first time that I was given a weekend pass, you know, AIT's a little bit more relaxed, you know, you're still kind of held under, you know, the strictness of, of training and everything, but you're out of basic, right? Excuse me. So the soldiers don't, uh, they don't, you don't. You don't have certain curfews, certain lockdowns with things. You can, you can leave the base if you get a pass now. And on the weekends, you have no training. You are given your two days off most times. And, uh, you know, assuming that you guys did everything that you were supposed to do during the course of the week you didn't get in trouble, your group did okay, you will get a straight up pass that allows you to go off base. You can't go more than like, uh, what is it, like 80 miles or something. But, um, and the mistake that I made was, was, bunch of the guys that i had known from processing and from airborne or uh not airborne i'm sorry uh basic training and stuff and uh they they all um were talking about going out and stuff going to the mall and everything i'm like okay so where are we going and they said we're going to columbus which is the city right outside of uh forceville Go to Columbus, we go to the mall. It's like the first thing that we do is like go and run and get like clothes and stuff because we figure we're going to go out and probably meet some chicks later on or something like that. And, uh, I have a very big eye for technology. Um, as I was walking through the mall, some guy comes up to me, stops me, and he's like, Hey, you're a serviceman. I was like, Yeah, he's like, Hey, we have this, uh, we have this awesome deal going on right now for service members. Why don't you come inside and stuff like that? And me being so just stupid, like, I didn't even care at this level because I had just been in, in you know, essentially incarcerated this entire time. Like, I had been out in the actual free American society. I had been locked behind, you know, doors training for months. And uh so, I, of course, I walk in, and I'm just like, oh, my God, and, you know, this is right when the, 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 the big thing was like the flat screen TVs and stuff were just starting to really come out. And the, I think it was the PS3 was brand new at the time. And like i never had that stuff when I was struggling, you know, on my own. So it was like, Oh man, I, I'm in the service. I have all this money that I had saved up from when I was in, you know, basic training. This was like the perfect fly trap for me. So I go in, I get myself a 60 inch flat screen television, I get myself a laptop, and I get myself a PS3 all in one run from this guy, right? No questions asked, didn't even care, just give me the paper, let me sign the title line, what do I got to do here? And oh, I no, payload
0: a no, dotted line,
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, I it was there, and it was just I was just like, you know, I make enough to afford this, I'm thinking, you know what I mean, because the total i'm looking I'm adding everything up in my head, and here's where I screwed up. I actually had saved enough money to get all three of those items right then in their cash in hand, if I really wanted to do that, right, but I'm thinking about going out, I'm thinking about I got clothes to buy, I'm thinking about I want to go meet some chicks like. These are the things that I'm thinking about, right? So the guy's like, hey, if you sign here, you only pay this much a month, right? No idea what APR is. No idea what the taxation is on something like this. Don't even know if this guy's like a reputable business owner, right? No idea. I signed that dotted line. And I ended uh, up what, going, oh, what yeah. Was,
0: uh, what was the 20- interest rate?
1: 27% APR, I was paying about $15 on a $350 a month bill. Do you have any idea how hard it is to pay off those three items with only paying that much towards your actual pricing? But <laughs> it was like, but they had me looped for like seven years on that line.
0: So, so you're saying you didn't try to pay it off early or anything? No, oh, well, you're there was, like- well,
1: I just, well, come on. I mean, I'm just like, okay, well, I only owe this much a month. So it didn't I seem like
0: on, much at the time, and all of a sudden right, you did right. back into you just, the math.
1: Yeah, you're like three hundred dollars a month. I make four hundred dollars a week. You know, as a PFC, I make four hundred dollars a week, or a PV two. So I wasn't worried about that. It was just, and that's the thing. That's that's the illusion. That's the problem. The problem is, is that when you're not educated and you do stuff like that, things that seem like they're fine probably aren't. If it's something that involves a contractual obligation and you know you got to know the things to look for APR is huge um I, got, I I've got I've got a similar story with
0: APR I uh Sure? I, but... I, I just I, I just got back from Kuwait I was in my second year in the military and I uh I was like oh man I, I can buy a car I mean it was a 2000 SS Camaro at the time so it was like maybe 8 years old I got it for 18,000 but Wow. My my interest rate was like 18% on it, but I, I, I wasn't as bad. I did drop like my whole savings oh, no, no. from my deployment on it. I, I put like 10 grand down on it, but still when I look back at it for 8 grand, I was paying 18%. And that's ridiculous. I did, I did pay it off faster when I saw how much was going towards the interest and in principal. It probably took me about two years to pay it off. But when I'm looking at APR, I was like, I didn't care at the time until I did the numbers, and this is when I started to t- take my finances a little bit more seriously. Right. But, yeah, the, the APR will kill you, and I still see soldiers going out and getting 20%, 25% auto loans, and for an auto loan, oh, it's, it's, all it's all definitely the same ridiculous.
1: Thing. That's it. It's all the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter what you go out and do. If you are signing a paper at a any point that is saying, I am going to pay this bill to this guy – at this time for this price, there is an APR attached to that one hundred percent of the time, every single time. And you have to be aware of that and know where to look for it and what it actually means for you. It is a percentage. It is a percentage that is actually going towards, you know, what's going into their pockets and what is going into the actual thing that you are purchasing. And oh, yeah.
0: that is we'll definitely be going over that more when I go over the segment on a uh, home buying, oh, sure. but yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take forever to pay it off. But uh okay. let's see the, the next question. I have. What would you tell your younger self when you joined the military about how you would prepare for financial readiness? Now that you're taking it a little bit more seriously,
1: um, what would the you first, tell a young soldier? <clears throat> the first thing I would tell myself is stay away from your ex wife. Stupid. That'd be the first thing that I would have told myself. Uh, but no, this, seriously. Uh, the the first thing that I would have told myself. Would have been uh go figure out where your money is, Figure out what it means, what a meta bank is. That is another thing that that's tied to this whole deal here. Get yourself a real bank. <clears throat> you know don't go with like the, I got stuck with what's the one that they use at Dix or dix uh um an Armed Forces Bank. Yeah, the, they have
0: some credit unions, I don't know. Yeah, okay, let
1: there. me explain this debacle. Okay. Armed Forces Bank is not a real bank, okay? They have two locations in the entire United States. If somebody, if you go today, anybody who is not listening to this, who's not or who's listening to this who's not already in the service. If you go to a recruiter and this man tries to hit you up with Armed Forces Bank, stay away from that. The reason being you want uh what's the one that you have, Rob? Uh,
0: I mean, I got USAA. USAA, that's, yeah. That's, okay,
1: well, USAA, yeah, see, okay, USAA, that is a good bank. That is a good bank. They actually have locations. You can talk to people there. Okay, it is, Armed Forces Bank is a meta bank. What that means is, is that there is no actual physical institution that you can go to that is for that bank, right? So if you need to do some serious stuff with your money, it's all virtual. And unless you are directly next to Fort Dix in New Jersey or unless you are in uh whatever the base is in – what's the base in Colorado um, – you guys have a big Air Force base out there. It's the military installation uh, right oh, now.
0: I, I don't know what's in Colorado. I know we have San Antonio and that's the headquarter for USAA.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, no, there's, there's two bank. I'm saying like four armed forces bank. There's only two possible physical locations you could ever go to and both of them are complete garbage and awful. And they don't, it's not a good bank to be a part of at all. Um, so the first thing that I would do is it just, just, Not that they're taking money from you or anything. It's nothing like that. Uh, what it is is, is they just, they're just really difficult to get your information. Your bank information is hard. If you have a problem with anything, if there's a payment you need to make, they're not always available for you to, to get a hold of and to take care of your business, which is a problem. So, uh, get a real bank, a local bank, even, you know, something reputable probably would be good. A credit union, always good. Um, credit unions are, are are a little different than your standard bank, but they're way better because once you belong, there's a whole bunch of uh, perks for you and your family uh, usually as well. So uh, credit unions are pretty much exclusively what I go through currently now, um, and that's just because there's a big war going on within the banks. Uh, currently in New Jersey, they're constantly switching hands. I think like three switched hands to different owners within the past year. So uh credit unions are are stable pretty much all the time. Um, oh, yeah, on
0: on that I would definitely recommend a credit union. Uh to to correct you though, USAA is pretty much a virtual bank there. Oh,
1: no, I know it is. I know it is, but they have a better system, that's what I'm saying. Oh, they, they got they, better they were...
0: customer service for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. And they're in everything. They're they have their hand in everything. You, you need car insurance, you need uh you know, uh a uh, life insurance policy like these And, and of course, Armed Forces has stuff like this. They are nowhere near the caliber, though. We're we're talking about McDonald's versus Outback Steakhouse. You know, that's, like, kind of the best way to to make that comparison, you know. So I did not have a good experience with Armed Forces Bank, not at all. And I tried to (laughs) have a better experience with them, and it just became a nightmare. And to this day, I'm still trying to figure out uh, there's still some issues going on with Armed Forces Bank to this day that I'm still trying to handle, still trying to take care of. Um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it just speaks on how, how bad that, that bank is. I joined the military. Well, that, that, that
0: would explain it. Normally I would say a bank is the, uh, the thing you would tell your younger self, but if you're dealing with it 10 years later problems then yeah,
1: that's what yeah, I'm saying. I, I
0: could see, I could see it being, uh, something right. to deal with.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like most people, they're like a bank. That's not a hard thing. That shouldn't be your number one. Yes. No, it is absolutely because the bank, they, they can, they can screw you up pretty badly if you don't, you know, understand what it is that you're doing. The bank itself will, will come after you and then they could put marks on your credit score and cause a bunch of headaches for you. And, you know, they, they, they're like any other institution. They just want their money. That's it. They don't care about you. They don't care about, you know, your family. They don't care about your situation. They just want their money. So the best way to mitigate running into problems with certain institutions like that is to have an understanding of what – have a plan before you do this stuff. Have a plan, have the knowledge, and get this stuff taken care of before it could potentially even be an issue. Um, but like I said, you're not going to go wrong with credit unions most times. You know? There is a relationship that you build with your bank. And, uh, one of the big things that they're doing is, uh, you, that you're doing as a soldier is you're creating a relationship with your bank. Like it's a financial institution. They, you know, they generally don't care about you. The only thing that they care about is that they're getting your business. Um, but banks control everything, you know, they control your house. They control your, your livelihood. Essentially they control how much you pay. And if you screw them, <laughs> they will take very extraneous means to get what they want from you um, for years, for years. And they can hurt your credit score. They can stop you from being able to purchase a vehicle. You can have the money. You can straight up in the United States of America have the money to buy a vehicle. Unless you are giving it 100% in cash to the dealer right then and there, and you have a bad relationship with your bank, you can't get that vehicle. You can't get that apartment. You can't get that house. You know, so it's important that, you know, most people don't take into consideration stuff like this, especially servicemen, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, like which bank it is that they're going to be using. It's it's not it's not a thought that they usually think about. It's just kind of, well, this is where my money goes and this is where I take my money from. And that's pretty much it. They don't look at the pluses and the negatives to having different kinds of banks and what a credit union is and what a credit union offers, which is usually a lot better on the integrity of who you are when it comes to purchasing big ticket items. Credit unions are usually much better for that because they are an exclusive system. Most times, uh, usually it's only relegated to you and direct family members or, you know, your spouse, if you get married, um, they're usually difficult to get into. It's like a club it's a financial club, essentially. And, they uh they have uh I'm sorry. Do you want to say something?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that they basically the members pay for everything. So yeah, the, the bank is it's profitable, but not as anywhere near the interest rates are always lower.
1: Yes, always always lower, and they're usually more privatized. So you get like I belong to two credit unions. I belong to Springfield Credit Union in Pennsylvania. And uh I belong to one down the street here, uh, in Browns Mills that I just uh I just started to establish some type of relationship with very recently. And uh <clears throat> it was because me and Ellen were looking at getting uh a vehicle. We we had a son um uh, you know, a year and a half ago and we needed a new vehicle. And one of the biggest problems that I ran into was the marks that I had against me. Um, not even just from your credit report, you know, cause like everybody, I don't want anybody to assume this is just the credit, your credit score that I'm talking about. Your FICA score is another thing. You have, you have your credit score that you get off of credit karma. Do not go buy scores on credit karma. Okay. It is a trap. They do not use credit karma at whatever you're, whatever you're purchasing, wherever you're going. They look at your FICA score. Your FICA score is the official credit score that they go off of whenever you purchase anything. So if you want to look up your FICA score, there are resources. Um, I don't have any off the top of my hand, but I know that there are some resources that exist that allow you to do that. But you do take a credit hit at every time uh, that you look at it. So just know that.
0: It's like uh, using a home value with Zillow. It just gives you a roundabout.
1: Yeah, it, it, it. It, it, gives you, it gives you an average usually from Equifax and TransUnion, and those are like the two big ones uh, when you use Credit Karma. That's what we're referring to here. Um, and when you look at those two scores, it's it's kind of like the numbers are usually skewed by about between like 10 to 30 points in, in difference to each other. That's about it. Um, but it's a good way to gauge how you're doing which is why you can go on credit karma and check your credit score all the time, you know, but if you do a hard credit inquiry on yourself, that will give you a much more accurate credit score, but at the same time will decrease your credit score for checking it. So that is something to be aware of as well. Credit karma is not just a free way to get your accurate numbers. It is a free way to figure out an average of those numbers. Um, Which could swing pretty wide between, I want to say like 30 to 60 points, which can actually be a complete difference in in, in credit brackets, you know, between fair and good. So that's important to know. And you can check your, you can actually check your Equifax and your TransUnion, if I'm not mistaken, twice a year for free. Well, then you can go to
0: annualcreditreport.com and get your, What's on it, it doesn't right. tell you a score, but you can well, find that, out what's on it
1: that's the actual that's the actual um um government funded one right like that's the the, the one that, they, that the highest most reputable one if I'm not mistaken is that
0: yeah I, I would have to do research on that and figure that out so so to wrap, wrap up this topic then uh sure. basically you tell your younger self you get a a bank like a credit union
1: get a real and, bank and,
0: and know your credit score know how to look it up.
1: Yeah, know, know, the, know the basics of being a civilian before you try to master the basics of being a soldier in the financial market because you will have way more access to these answers while you are a civilian than you will when you head off into basic training land. So that's important. Have your finances stable or at least an idea of what you're doing with your finances when you leave that recruiter's office <clears throat> or rather, before you even go in, because they establish your your pay information right after you're done taking your ASVAB. So, know what you what you are doing. Listen to what the recruiter is saying. You know, chances are they're not being honest with you about 90% of the stuff that's coming out of their mouths. But kind of look to. To read through the lines, and when it comes to the financial aspect of everything, do not be afraid to scrutinize. Do not be afraid to question, and get the information from a reputable source.
0: Okay, so, That's a good caveat for so the next one. Yeah, I guess the the, the next thing is I, I'll uh this be the last question I have for you, and I'll I'll just start it with a statement. I know this is an episode about prevention, sure. So as long as like you could prevent having bad financial outcomes, then you could start doing investing. So uh, some places for the Air Force to help out would be the Airmen and Family Readiness Center. And uh, they have various resources that can help you to have a financial advisor in there that you could go in, even if you don't have a problem, and they can kind of tell you where to kind of put your money and kind of what you want give, answer questions about the TSP, stockbrokers. They have classes on buying houses, VA loans. They have a lot of resources you can do, and you can usually sign up online for these things or Google search your base. So what what are some things that the uh, Army has to offer? They have the same programs?
1: Same program. Uh, Army Readiness Center is huge family. One source is, uh, is a great place, especially if you are a serviceman who joined uh, and is having financial struggles before you go in, I think that's important to know, too. Sometimes people come in and they already have a wife, they already have a family. You know, it's more like your mid-20s soldiers, usually, not so much the 18-year-olds. Uh, but there are programs for everybody there, uh, pretty much within any age group, with, with, with whatever you guys are having a hard time with trying to balance. Um, family one source is a giant boon for any service member that is having problems balancing finances within their family. <clears throat> and also has plenty of resources for things like marriage counseling and, uh, issues with, uh, with, with, you know, stuff with children. Um, every single aspect of anything that has to do with the family family. One source is where you need to go. It is a fantastic group of people that work at the Bragg family. One source. I know them all. I have been there multiple times during the course of my, my, uh, horrifying marriage. Um, and, it's it's a it's a very important hub for everything, so if you go to family one just to explain what that means, if you're having an issue with something with that that you need family one source for and you go to family one Source, you will see when you go in it's like a mall for fixing all problems that are soldier right so you go there and they have offices for finance education they have uh you know um housing every single thing that you will ever need information on and this is why i say this is important because nobody told me this until after i was married and after i already had the problems and after i was already in a financial rut. this place is the biggest place to go to take care of every single issue that you are having and that's finances, that's mental health, that's all of that. They give you, they're not the places you go to fix it, uh, necessarily. Like they're not the, the places that will give you the remedy, but they will give you the information to get the remedy. And that is huge. So. Well,
0: that's definitely what this episode is about is yes. getting, getting started and preventing <clears throat> yourself from falling deeper into the hole. So you can, right. So you could start doing some investing. So. Well,
1: I think the goal, the goal should absolutely be to To help soldiers that are having financial problems. But the most important thing is to stop them before they're even an issue to begin with. And I think the way that we do that is you give information, you make it accessible, you you educate people before the problem has a chance to even manifest itself, and you will see happier soldiers living much more fulfilling lives with a much better future in mind. And that speaks to everything suicide, that speaks to everything soldiers getting married to the wrong person and running into trouble later on. I think in order to have a healthy armed forces structure for our young people in America, you have to educate them first. And finances, it's the first time they're ever going to deal with the stuff that could carry with them for the rest of their lives. So... <clears throat> excuse me, I have like a problem with my throat. That is that is the most important thing to me. You will see a drop in suicide. You will see happier, healthier families in the armed forces community.
0: Oh yes, I, I agree with you 100%, Stephen. And I'd like to uh, thank you for sharing your story with me and Anytime. the rest of the people on Dollar Bill Boot Camp. And I definitely wish you success in your future financial journey. And if you ever have any more questions, feel feel free to call back and thank you for your service.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for your support. And, uh, you know, if you ever feel like uh, doing something like this again, just uh, let me know. So thank you. I appreciate it, Rob. Take care. All right.
0: Bye. And this is going to conclude episode one of Dollar Bill Boot Camp. And thank you for listening all the way till the end. Please like comment and subscribe to this channel and i definitely look forward to hearing from all of you in the future and getting some input on your success stories or financial questions and again you can reach us at dollar bill Bootcamp on instagram twitter or facebook right now and i definitely look forward to hearing from your phone calls and thank you for listening